Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. Here we are again. This is the Truly Unlimited Podcast. I'm Jeff Plunkett. And I'm Don Bruce. And we are very glad you have joined us again. Um, and you've waded through all of our conversations, and you're you're back again for more. And so we we do appreciate it. Um, before we really get started today, and we've got a great topic. Um, it is a common topic that that everybody deals with, even if we may deny it. But we'll talk about what that is. I want to want to answer a question. Um, what we're about. Somebody had asked, um, you know kind of what we're about and, and we want to kind of answer that by by saying if we were about one thing that is the unlimited God yes. um, and what we mean by that is is seeing God not for what he can do for us not what what he means to me not who is God to me not is not, our, not what are my problems and how can he solve them but let's see God for his unlimited glory let's see God for who he is and then he says, cast all your cares upon him and he will care for you. He cares for us. He, he cares for us. So, so what we do is what we, what we have a tendency to do is kind of get the cart before the horse. We get, our, we get our problems first and then how do we solve the problem and how can God solve that problem? And I get it. We go through difficulties. We go through challenges. We go through hurts. We go through sorrows. We go through grief. Um, and they're all really, really important to us. But what's more important? What's more important is that we are able to see God for who he is. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about this. And we talked about it in a previous podcast. But, but even being able to see God pre-people, as I like to say, before people. Who was God before? Who was God before anything? Because he, he was and so if I can understand him that way, then I can better understand him and what he's doing, what his intentions are. And, and, and as we read through scripture, all 66 books say this, return to me, return to me, return to me. In one way or another, it says return to me, focus on me, look to me. Who am I looking to? That's really the question. Uh, in, in, um, we know in our lives, for many years, we were looking more toward ourselves. We were looking, even as even as you know, lifelong Christians, uh, we were looking to ourselves, looking to our issues, looking to our challenges, and then saying, "How can these challenges get better?" Right, and it's happened in the church. The church is, and here's another thing, and I won't belabor this point, but this, that's really what we're about. Is really it's about focus on God. If, if, if nothing else was accomplished in this, that we figure out how do we truly, genuinely focus on the unlimited God. But what we, what we have is we have, there's two worldviews, and we have a, we have a, a resource on our, our website um, that talks about this. There's two worldviews. 
and I know you could we could debate that and say there's tons of different worldviews, but there are two worldviews. One is about survival. So how am I going to survive? And the other is God's purpose. And God's purpose is unity right. and connection. Don, anything you want to add to that? Um, um, no, it's just, it's an exciting thing once you really look at it and you read scripture in every part of your life, you see differently once you look at it truly from God's perspective and not worldview. And we in the church would tend to say, oh yes, we have God's perspective, but the concern is that a lot of the worldview has leaked over into the church and that's what we want to to make you aware of make ourselves aware of and grow in true unity with god yeah yeah you know something you said there reminded me i i, I have a book at home i don't know where i got it from i don't know anything about this author but it has i, I won't say the title of the book but it has the word Jesus in the title. Um, and so I thought, oh, I don't know where this came from. Again, I haven't read it. It's one of the few books that I, that I have that I haven't read. So I don't know what it's about. But I was curious about the author when I saw it. I found it on, on a, one of my shelves at the house uh, this weekend. And I was curious about the author. And I was reading through, and it said, that he, and he has this, he said, he has a singular worldview. And the singular worldview is that it's all about um, living the best version of yourself. And to be honest with you, and, and again, maybe he means something other than what I think that means. And I know that sounds that for most people, maybe even a lot of people listening may think, oh, that sounds really good. Okay, but, um, and again, maybe he means something that I'm, I'm picturing differently. But here's, here's, if this tells you what we're about, it is about connecting with God. What, that's, that's the purpose. That is the worldview, is about connecting with God. How? Yeah, okay, that is. How do I connect with God? What will lead me to connecting with God? What will bring me, what will return me to, restore me to a connection with God? I mean, in a, in a genuine, he and me and I in him. Think about, and there are verses over and over and over in Scripture right. um, that talk about that. Unity with God, that's it. It is not about living the best version of me or winning best version of me is one that's better than somebody else that's the way i, right. I, I see that 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 phrase and it's not about that at all because um, that is a different worldview yes that is a completely different worldview and it's not a godly worldview right all right because it's not about god all right okay um, but we'll talk more about that, um, and, and we'll probably repeat this attempt to explain what we're about on a regular <laughs> basis, um, because that's it, it, it's about God. Um, it really is. We, we make it so much about ourselves. And that sort of leads us into our, our topic today, and the, our topic today is why do we fear? Um, so, Don, I'm going to let you kind of take off here. She had a, a direction that she wanted to go to start us off with, just kind of talking about 
uh, personifications of fear or you know those kind of things so you, right, you yeah. take off there are just different ways you know when we think why do we fear um, a lot of times in in our own minds we're going to think of different little instances where we might have fear or we've seen fear and some of those things are just you know we fear because we're concerned of maybe a threat on our life or somebody else's it might be a fear based on expectations that other people have put on us that we're afraid of disappointment afraid of of um somebody not loving us anymore we might have a fear of expectations we've put on ourselves that we have set a plan out of our own that we have to do these certain things and if we don't achieve that then everything's going to fall apart we might even set that up for somebody else for chil- for our children that we have a plan that we think they need to do a certain thing and if they don't we have a fear that life is going to fall apart for them or things are going to go wrong if they don't go according to our plan um, we may have a fear of many times we may have a fear of things that we have no control over at all the events in the nation events in the world mm. and um and we a lot of times can let that fear just dictate our lives there are so many areas where we can have fear but it all really comes down to one thing within that worldview that Jeff had talked about, and that, and Jeff is going to explain some of how that works. Well, you know, and in, in whenever I'm working with a client, you know, as a as a counselor, um, I the the uh, the subject of fear comes up all the time. Now, they may not use the word fear, but they they they're they're afraid of something. Um, as you said, maybe it's attachment, maybe it's death, maybe it's loss, maybe it's it's, you know, but but understand this, it's it's kind of like on a it's on a spectrum. But what I what I usually I I call fear by a different, um, we'll say title, but it's a phrase, and here's here's the phrase that I use. It is a perception of insufficient power in a given situation. That's how I define fear. So I always, I always call it out. Um, fear is a perception of insufficient power in a given situation. So, um, and why would I need power? Well, I need power in order to survive. Now, when we say survive, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's imminent death. You know, right. we, if we think of fear like I'm afraid of imminent death, um, it's eventual or potential death. And how the greater the, the perception of potential death or ending of survival, even if it's survival of legacy or survival of body, um, that it's potential. So how close... Am I to the line? You know, if if I'm looking at, so I'm, we're sitting at a table right now, and there's a pen on the table. Well, that pen sitting on the table gives me no perception of potential death or danger whatsoever. Now, if you pick it up and hold it like 
um, like psycho, um, <laughs> then, then that increases the potential for, for physical death. But what about things like you mentioned, fear of of being rejected or fear of fear of being that which is one of my own personal fears um but fear of fear of abandonment or fear of separation or fear of 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 being alone yeah yes being alone or not meeting up to expectations right those kind of things so so if i if i create it's what i usually referred to as the an attachment detachment paradigm. So where am I at on this attachment detachment scale? So if if I am closer to attachment, then that increases my likelihood for survival. Right? Because I've got somebody's got my back, somebody's there with me, somebody is there. Um, if it if I create detachment then it reduces my likelihood of a survival because now I now I'm I have I have a smaller tribe I have a smaller group of people with me okay right. um, and this this is a really deep uh, concept and, and we won't, we don't really have a whole lot of time to to go extremely deep into it we go more into this into to some of our trainings that we're developing right um, but. Um, so here's the thing, okay? So when we say fear and you go, well, I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah, yeah, you are. Okay, but let's, let's, let's stop pretending. Let's be real. Now, maybe you don't, you know, you sit and panic and, you know, and, and you don't rock back and forth in the corner, um, try to find a happy place or anything <laughs> like that. And, you know, maybe that's not, maybe that's not the case. Um, but we're all, we're all we all face an insufficient, a perception of insufficient power in a given situation. Like right now, it's what, what is today? January 11th, yes. January 11th, 2021. Um, we have, you know, this, this pandemic thing that we've been dealing with for now almost, or it's been over a year now uh, right. that we've been dealing with and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. It's morphing and it's transferring into something else. And, and um, okay, so that's beyond us. Okay, that's beyond right. our ability to to deal with, or the the unrest at the Capitol the right. other day. That's beyond our ability, okay, to to deal with. What's going to happen into the next moment? What's going to happen next? That's beyond us. Look, right. here's the reality: you can't predict the next second. You can't predict the next five minutes. If you can predict it, it's because life is generally boring. Right. Life is generally kind of predictable. It's, you know, it's, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really change a whole lot until it does. When it does, we go, oh, I didn't see that coming. No, you didn't see it. We may say, oh yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Mm, you didn't know. You thought maybe it could possibly, but you didn't know. You don't ever know. We never know with certainty what's to come next because there's all kinds of disasters or terrorism events or things like that that those people never would have even expected mm. that yeah. something would happen in the next moment so even though we feel like we can say oh yeah I you know it's highly likely that these things are going to happen probably so but that doesn't mean it's definite yeah, yeah, and, and even so. So think of it in this term. And this is this gets really, really 
complex and, and I may lose you here for a second. You, you may or may not, you may have to spend some time thinking about this. But understand, so even the idea, if, if I say, oh man, I knew that was going to happen, okay? So I understand, I define fear as a perception of insufficient power in a given situation. So what do I do about a perception of insufficient power in a given situation? I perceive more power. So how do I perceive more power if something happens that I didn't really know, but I pretend to know, I say, oh, I knew that was going to happen. So I've just, what, I, what did I do? Did I actually know? No. Did I do anything about what happened? No. What I did is I increased my perception of power in a given situation to reduce the experience of fear. Okay? Now, understand what we're describing here is, is a human response to situations, to, to experiences, to needs, to wants, to, to desires, to, um, again, fears and, and experiences in life. All right. So that's our human response. Right. And, and because we, we just have the tendency to set out our plan for life, our plan for our children's lives, and that's part of that power because we feel like, well, I can control this area. When, when really, even in those things, we might be able to direct, we might be able to do things that possibly set some things in motion, but we, have, we don't have complete control over anything. Right. And so even if things seem very clear and definite, we still set ourselves up for a potential that could cause us to fear if we are focused on those situations. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, in, in, so in, in my work as a, as a counselor, um, which is part of what I do, you know, I see people, I see people um, establish a response kind of a, a game plan or a response plan to something beyond their, um, beyond their capacity by creating some type of boundary. Now, when I say boundary, I don't necessarily mean building a wall, although sometimes that's what they do. So, right. you know, so you met somebody who's, who shelters themselves in their home and won't come out they're creating a, a more of a controlled boundary around themselves, okay? So right. they set up this, so the world outside is beyond my control. I perceive and have a perception of insufficient amount of power in this given situation or all situations. So I set up a more controlled boundary by the four walls of my house or in walls, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever shape it is. Um, okay, but um, but they also set up other types of boundaries, perception boundaries, and so one of those, even the idea of racism, is a boundary. Um, it's a boundary between you and I, as a response in a fear. I don't understand you. I don't get your perspective. I don't. I don't 
you know, um, um, you, 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 your existence um, is different than mine, and if your right. existence is valid and it's different than mine, then does that invalidate my existence? Does that invalidate my perception? And sometimes there's just, yeah, there's social ideas that are planted in us, either as a child or we've put in ourselves based on experiences mm. that we that cause us to build this idea of racism. It causes us to build any idea towards groups of people, whether it's feminism against against men. Not, and I'm not saying okay, people have women have CEO jobs or things like that, but the whole idea of higher than, it's a competition. So in everything, it's all competition. Racism is a competition. It's a, I have um, either a better chance or I am set up better, I do things better, all of this, so my way is going to succeed your way does not according to my thought process, my mm. ideas. Good, good. Yeah, I, I shared this with Don before we recorded, started recording, but I, I did a, I was in, in a little study this morning on Obadiah. Um, so not a massive undertaking. Obadiah is only one chapter, um, 24 verses, I think, something like that. But, but it, basically it's, it's, it's this message to Edom um, Edom is the descendants of Esau in, in to Israel, um, who is the descendants of Jacob, so brothers, and they've split off. So Edom's descendants are, have built themselves these, these, these dwelling places in the cliffs, but figuratively and literally, um, it is Obadiah make, giving this message to them, saying, you, you've set yourself up on high, looking down on, on Israel, um, and saying you're better than, and, and he's saying, look, God's going to bring you down. God's going to bring them down. God's going to bring it because it's not about it's you know forget this competition thing, right? Forget this competition thing. If it sounds like and feels like a competition, it's because it's competition. Why do you want to compete? So I win. Why do I want to win? Well, if I win, then that increases my likelihood of survival. And this is fine if you're just playing a game and we're doing things like it. No problem. We're not saying don't ever have competition in that way. But in our lives, mm-hmm. we're not set here to compete with other people. God didn't put us here to as a gladiator thing and he's going to watch the show to see who wins out. That's not our purpose and so we can't live our lives Mm -hmm. in that purpose and expect to fully under fully experience what god has for us (laughs) exactly right exactly right and and i know it's the american way to compete (laughs) it is but the american way and and some people are not going to like this but the american way is not the christian way um, it's and, not and the ultimate way. America has not always been here, and I'm really going to make enemies with this. America may not always be here. <laughs> That's, it's it's not in the Bible anywhere. So, and I've heard I've heard several several um, um, biblical teachers talk about that. Like we don't know what that means. 
And we don't know what it means. But it's not in there. Right. It's not referenced anywhere. So whatever it means, but it's whatever it means. So, so now you're, we're bringing up something that this is something that a lot of Christians in America fear. Like it's going to go away. I'm afraid of it going away. But understand, here's what, here's here's one one point we want to make, and we're going to bring in something here in just a moment from First John four that I think is just beautiful, and it, it fits very well with what we talked about. But here's, here's one thing we want to make this very clear. The temporal can go away. Right. It's temporal. It's temporary. It just it, it, it comes, it goes, it passes away. Right. Um, the rust chews it up. The moths may eat it. These are scriptural references. Um, it may go away. But there is one thing that cannot go away. That is our connection with God, unless we push it away, unless we ignore God, unless we right. return, our, return ourselves to attention toward God. He says, abide in me, remain in me, and I will remain in you. The enemy cannot snatch you out of my hands. It's that relationship. That's, that's permanent because God is permanent. So we, what we have a tendency to do is we... we we tend to attach ourselves to temporal things and hope those temporal things will will somehow magically t- turn permanent. Our relationships with friends right. are not permanent, but we 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 grieve when they go away. Okay, and, and grieving is okay. That's not a, that's not a bad thing. But but we grieve these things going away as if they were going to be permanent, and they were never going to be permanent. You know, our, our high school, which, you know, um, my my senior class, we weren't a very close group. So, you know, we weren't like, we weren't like, oh, yeah, we'll stay friends forever. No, we were like, peace, you know, see ya. Right. We're out. You know, we didn't say that. It's like, totally, for sure, because it was in the <laughs> 80s. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we... But sometimes we, we, we pretend like this thing's going to go on forever and right. this, this job is going to go on forever and this thing is going to go on forever and I'm afraid of losing temporary things. Guess what? They're temporary things. They are. So, so what's permanent? There is only one. There is only one that is permanent and that is God. God is exclusively permanent and reliable. Nothing else is. Everything else is temporary. So when we attach ourselves to the temporary, we attach ourselves to something that is guaranteed it's going to go away at some point. Which means our fears are going to be realized. Yes, absolutely. If that's, and, and where that's the problem is if we're just focusing on that, mm. then we are setting ourselves up to fail. But if we can move ourselves to a place where we are focusing on God, and when we say that, that means I am trusting him. That means I may not understand everything that's going on, but I know that he knows way more than I do because he's unlimited. He understands. He has a plan. And it may not always fit my plan, but it's still not going to damage that connection I have with him if I continue to focus on him. 
Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. that that is a fantastic segue. We didn't rehearse this, but that <laughs> was fantastic. So I want you to understand what we mean by joining with God or focus on Him. Um, it, 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 so when we say the words love God, okay, when, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, all of the commandments are wrapped up in these two phrases. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to understand what that word love means. So if we, if we define, define it this way, think about that word. You know, forget about Valentine's Day. That's not love. Okay? That's a whole different kind of thing. That is a very, like, hey, you make me feel good. You know, like <laughs> Barry White. Um, <laughs> right? it's, that's a whole different kind of thing. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a unconditional extension of, of positive regard of your magnificence. It is a unconditional extension of positive regard of your magnificence, your glory, something that is extended to you without condition, without measurement, without, without expectations. So, you know, we were, um, Don talked about the expectations earlier not being met. This is something that is extended. When God loves you, he's extending something to you. His positive regard of you without expectations. Now, now, don't think we're saying we shouldn't obey God. No, that is, that is exactly the opposite of what we're saying here. Um, um, it's, and we're not saying that you can do anything you want to. That's, that's not loving God. Um, if you do whatever you want to, that's loving you, okay? So what right. we're saying is we're saying unconditional, positive regard of another, of their magnificence. Okay, so God does that for us, and we do that for God. But, so so again, think of love in that. It's unconditional positive regard of the other so we want to we want to read some a, a passage here and there in and yes this is still about why do we fear um but it's interesting so have you probably have given little connection to the word love and fear but we want to read something in in uh, first john chapter four and in um and actually it, do we want to read all of this, or should we? Uh, whatever you think. Okay, I don't know. We, you know, we, we you weren't going to. You can see the clock. Now. I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're good. We, okay. We're only halfway through. All right. Um, so I, let me just read this real quick. This is First uh, John 4, um, starting in verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. So unconditional positive regard of the magnificence of the other. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Unconditional positive regard comes from God. Everyone who loves, everyone who positively, unconditionally regards another has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not pos unconditionally, positively regard or love does not know God. Because God is love. 
God is, mm. we, we're, we're assuming, when we say the glory of God, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, look, it's not, it's not conditional. If I love God, I, it, it, what He does for me or what He doesn't do for me is immaterial. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference. He will care for me the way I need to be cared for, not based on my ability to understand what I need to be cared for, right. but His. I'm just pos unconditionally positive regarding Him because God is unconditional positive regard. Oh. All right. This is how God showed His love among us. Love, unconditional positive regard. Um, he sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. So, God so positively regard, unconditionally positively regarded the world that gave his only begotten son, whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. Right. right? Right. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Look, he loved us while we were yet sinners. Think about that. Right. He unconditionally, positively regarded us while we were yet sinners. We're he, getting... loved, he loved us 2,000 years before we were ever here on this earth. Yes. He, yes. He loved us before there was the earth. Right. Oh, so. <laughs> it's not a competition on an expedition. Please, no wagering. All right. All right. This is love. No, not that he loved us. Okay. Uh, for sins. Okay. First 11. All right. Dear friends. This is to you, dear friends. Since God so loved us, unconditionally positively regarded us, we also ought to love one another, unconditionally positively regard one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, unconditionally positively regard one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Oh, man. That's such a powerful statement. Oh, it, yes. And we read it, we just kind of go, oh, that sounds really fluffy good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no, this is incredible amount of power, and, and this, is, this is it. So verse 13, all right. We know that we live in him and he in us. Now, what does that sound like? That sounds like unity, right? Right. Sounds like, like this Perichoresis, like the triune God, the nature of God. We know that we live in him and he in us. It is abiding. It is divine, right? Because he has given us of his spirit. So the, the spirit, and it's capitalized, it is the Holy Spirit. It is That is the solution for this sustaining relationship this in him, us and him and him and us this just dancing about kind of thing right. and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world which is we don't have time to go into that but i would love <laughs> to if anyone acknowledges that jesus is the son of god and god hear this lives in him and he in God. Mm. And so we know 
and rely on the love, unconditional positive regard, God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. I love this. I just love this this kind of right. melding together. This We're molded together um, in this way. Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love. You wondered when we were going to get back to the fear conversation. We've been in it the whole time. Um, there is no fear in love. Now, what is love? Unconditional positive regard of the other. It is, it is an assumption. It is a, I'm assuming this about God. I'm assuming this about you. Don, I'm assuming things about you that you don't right. need to prove to me. That is love. Right. And if I am assuming that in you, I am not setting myself above you. I'm not setting myself apart from you. I'm setting myself with you. Right. Because as he joins with us, we join with each other. Exactly. And therefore, I am no longer in competition with you. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not in competition with you, I don't have to fear you. Right. And I don't have to fear winning or losing or, or any of that. I don't fear those things because there is no fear in love. But perfect love, perfect, unconditional, positive regard drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Right. Punishment. Punishment is a retribution. Punishment is 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 correction. Um, The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If I fear, it's because it is an equality of perception, right? It is a perception of me. If If I can't fear, you know, if I can't love God, it's because I am fearful for right. myself. Right. And a lot of times it comes back that it's a fear that he can't love us, mm. which is totally against everything that's here. Right. But but that's a basis of a lot of people's struggles too is this wondering, this um, disturbed thinking of where they they can't get together the idea that God loves me, and if I can't understand and um, truly acknowledge and accept God's love of me, then. I am really unable to transfer that to someone else. I can't completely do that without a lot of times projecting those same fears I have within what is supposed to be love to someone else. Oh, I 
will love you more if you do these things or mm-hmm. if you perform this way or if you um, provide this for me. And it's not that perfect love because we don't have that connection with God that mm-hmm. we need. We can't have that connection with each other. Yeah, yeah. In in all of that, that that in a in that uh, that lack of capacity to even perceive God's ability to love me is because the questions start in the center of of our. Uh, we have a resource. Um, that the name keeps changing. Sometimes we call it the I, um, but it, it's worldview perception, perception worldview. I don't know. Anyway, but it's it, it's it's really about kind of. It starts with a, a center question first, and that is, who am I to myself? And that's that's the wrong direction. If we start with that question, then it all does it does fall apart because you know what you just said is. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm afraid of who I am. I'm afraid of of you know I'm not enough, or I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for anybody else. I'm not good enough for them. What if? So I'm gonna have to earn that. I've got to earn it, earn the right to be even a, a God having His attention toward me. But God says He He extends unconditional positive regard to you, unmeasured, before you were ever created, before the world was ever established. So what's to earn? You're not earning God's love. Now, he wants you to abide with him. He wants you to hear, O Israel, meaning listen and obey. The Lord is one. Yes, but his love is extended to you unconditionally. He loved us before, while we were yet sinners. So quit trying to earn God's love. Quit trying to, to imagine. Just in, but how do you do that? If you start with me, if I start with me, who I am to myself, if I start with my emptiness. Then I project that on everything else. Yes. Yes. It, it, the next question that comes, which who is God is the last question, um, then I never really get there. But if I start with who is God. Right. If I start with, think about this. I want you to understand this. And again, we've got a resource for this, but I want you to think this through just a second. If, I, if we start with who is God, not who is God to me, but who is God, that he is love. He is unconditional positive regard. He is unlimited glory. He is unlimited in his love in unlimited ways. He is love. And then I work my way down to who am I to myself. That changes everything. It does. It does. Because we... The direction, and you'll see this with our resource, that direction you go, whether you're working out or working in, makes a world of difference in how you view yourself, others, how you view God, how you understand the word, how you deal with your fears, how you respond to anything, because it depends on where you start it's all where we start and and sorry to burst your bubble but it's not about you it's not about us it's Mm. not about me Mm -hmm. god didn't create the world because dawn was going to be here or because jeff was going to be here right it wasn't just about us 
but it is about God. And if we can start with him, it totally changes. And, and we've used this term before. It's a mind shift. It truly is. If we can move to this place of looking at it through God's perspective rather than our own, then it totally can affect how we deal with fear, how we even see fear, mm. if we fear. Right. And it can, it can truly solve that. And if you're dealing with fear, the first thing, as, as we've gone through this podcast, the first thing to do is identify it and understand what it truly is. You know, one reason why we use the word truly unlimited in this podcast mm-hmm. is we want the truth to prevail. And in doing that, even in your own lives, you need to call things as what they are. Mm-hmm. And and if you can understand why you fear and see what's there, just at least recognize it and and look at it as have I been have I been working through this, living in this from an inside out perspective that focuses on me and how it makes me feel and what I'm concerned for in my life and how this is going to affect whether I feel like I succeed or fail. And if you're looking at it that way, if you can turn it around and start looking in, okay, who is God outside of me, not even considering me at first, who is God and working that way in until you get to the who am I, it answers things in a totally different way and it can truly affect our vision and our walking day to day in how we do things because we see that difference. We see that shift. Mm love that that's that is fantastic stuff that is that is exactly on target yeah yeah i i don't have anything to add to that <laughs> that okay that that is a mic drop right there um that is a mic drop that is that is very well wrapped up um yes um just because it feels unfinished um in my own head with this this passage I just want to read a few more verses and then I think I think that's good and, okay. and we'll if you have something else you want to add mm-hmm. but that was fantastic um, you know uh, verse 19 just to wrap this this passage that we had planned out we love because he first loved us if anyone says I love God yet hates his brother partitions himself against his brother hmm. um, racism social injustice yeah, <laughs> whatever, competition, whatever. You know, right. I'm better than you. Um, man, you know, God, I am so glad that I am not like this, this, <laughs> this, this publican next to me. Right. I am so, man, I am so glad I'm able to put more, and these are scripture references if you're not familiar with these. Um, I'm so glad that I am so much better than this person who puts in very little, but you know, look how much I put into the offering. Look how much... Um, I am so glad that I spend all day long, this is a Pharisee speaking, I am so glad that I get to spend my time 
just keeping the rules that I created um, so that I look more spiritual than the next person who has to right. work for a living, who has to you know, keep the sheep, dirty, nasty sheep, um, or I'm so much better than the person who has to go out and fish, or I'm so, so, so much better than this person who has to beg in the street because they were, they were born blind, which it has to be because of their sinfulness, or if it's not because of their sin, it's because of their parents' sin. Right. Um, I am so much better. That is hating your brother because you are, are extending to them a lesser than. Right. They are lesser than. Look, here, I, I want I want to tell us something just for a second. Look, I don't I don't care what we accomplish. I don't care what we accomplish. If it if it if we if we have accomplished much or accomplished little, um, look if you accomplished much, so what? What different? It's not even that big of a deal. If you, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Right. What's what's the whole world got to offer? If you have if you have all of the money from all of the different types of currencies in the world, and this is not a you know rich poor thing. This is not. It's right. it's it's minuscule. Here's my point. It's minuscule. If you have the attention of everyone in the world, if you are considered the most successful, most loved, most cherished person human being in the world, what have you accomplished? Look. Let me tell you something. Don, I know you're aware of this. You're a science teacher. We live on a speck, and on a speck, on a speck, on a speck, on a speck. Look, in the grand scheme of the unlimited God, of all that he is and all that he has created, in his, his permanence, his forever and ever and ever and ever, look, our, our temporal things that we gain and in, in, in collect, whether that be the accolades or whether it be be resources or whatever they're all temporal and they will pass away so what difference does it make so get off your high horse and quit thinking you're, i'm not talking to you now Don. <laughs> um so but you know whoever it is you know get off your high horse and quit bat, patting yourself on the back and going wow look at all the things wonderful things that i did do wonderful things for the for connecting with god or and i really don't no, this is the thing, but or get off your low horse. <laughs> <laughs> or get off your low horse. In the yes. sense of, you know, we're also in that point of hating our brother or something. If we're mm. in a point of jealousy with that competition because we feel lower than. Yeah. Because we feel like we're at the bottom or the least or, you know, I well, I don't have this and I should. That's still in that point of Hating your brother and sister. Yeah, and and what do hating your brother and sister, partitioning yourself, seeing yourself as you know, your opinion better than others, seeing your you know whatever. Look, great opinions are all temporary anyway. Okay, they change. Okay, so but they create what division. But God says, I and Him, you and me, we're in this. You know, right. I I, I man I. I I hate what High School Musical has done to that phrase. We're all in this together. I just can't help but think of the song. All right. But anyway, we love because he first loved us. As anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, 
thrown down the gauntlet now. Right. For anyone who does not love his brother, unconditionally positive regard his brother, whom he has seen physically, cannot love God whom he has not seen. It doesn't say might not love God. Right. It says cannot. You're incapable. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Meaning he must. See, because it's, it, it, if, you can't, if you can't practice the, the act of unconditionally regard, positively regarding another, like just just assume good. I'm not I'm not saying that that you know. Look, we're, we're, we get so caught up in the well. Shouldn't we measure what they do and they shouldn't do this and they should do that? Okay, I get it. I understand. But but love first. Look, and you. So if you've got that argument, spend some time here. Spend some time here. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, there, there are certain things that we should and should not do. But they are, here's the things that we should do. Those things that, that connect us to God, that unconditionally, positively regard who God is. Those are the things that we should do. If they match up to that, then that's what we should do. Those things that, 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 that bring us apart, that that separate us from God, those are the things we should not do. Um, it is about that connection with God. And I think the best way I know personally how to understand that in my human capacity is as a parent with their child mm. because your child does things wrong. They do things that you don't like at some point you know, in their lives, and there's points that they get in trouble and you may have to punish them. But my love for my children does not change. And we can love each other, we can love God without fear of that going away. Mm. Mm. Come on, come on, love it. Thanks for bringing back the the topic. Um, (laughs) it it, It was always the topic. Right. We may not have said the word fear, but it was always the topic, because this connection between love and fear is is strong. I mean, it's um, very clear here. Yeah, yeah, understand that. Um, so you're you're going to need to spend some time. Understand that this you know we've spent now almost an hour talking about this, and you're going to really need to spend some time really digging into. I want to understand who God is. I want to understand who he is. Um, again, like, like we've referenced a few times, we have some resources available on our website. Um, as of today, which is, um, uh, let's see, the day this is coming out will be January 14th, 14th I think. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so January 14th. Um, we, we're, we're a little bit slow in getting some of those things posted on there. But it'll so be on there when this comes out. Yes, yes. Um, so we're... You know, when we, we keep talking about things that are on the website and people who have already been listen, listening to us um, at real time are going, mm, you know, there's, they're not on there. But they will be. So we're talking about them like they actually are. 
Um, we're unconditionally positively regarding the resources on our website, we, even though they, there's no evidence that they're actually there on this well, day. We'll, <laughs> make, we'll make sure that the yes. eyeball or the <laughs> circles or whatever it is, whatever we call it, that has to do with the worldview, will be on there because mm -hmm. it is so, so important yes. in, in all the things we talk about. It is through yeah. the view of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in, in, in just kind of add one thing to that. It's really about switching the perception. It's a shift in perception, which we talk about every time we, we, we meet. Right. Um, it's a shift in perception. But one of the things that, that Jesus, or, you know, that God does tell us is that he says that he will be there in the midst of our time of trouble. He doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to take away the situation that you're in, the, the circumstance. That's what we want because it lends to our survival. Right. What, what he says is he will continue to be with us and do good things. We, he, what he means by that is that he will be with us. It is the connection. That's the important thing. Right. And so whenever, you know, when she's referencing the, the eye, when you look at that and you, you, you shift how you come at it and you go, I want to know who God is first, who he is, you come at it from that perspective. It changes everything. Right. It changes your perspective on everything. Now it doesn't necessarily matter. God, if this this thing that yesterday I used to call bad, if that's the best thing for me, man, I am grateful for it. I am rejoicing for it. It shifts and changes everything. Right. Um, and as Paul says, we can. When if you understand what we what we teach in this this perspective, which is God's perspective, it's not our own. Um, it's God's perspective. But if you see it, you can truly just like, just like Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Right. If there are things that are coming at you in fear, you can still rejoice. Absolutely. Um, because it's not about that thing. It's not about survival. It's about. Does this lead me to connect to my unlimited God? Yes. Don, another great conversation. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. And, and you did a fantastic job of wrapping it up about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, and, and I continued it. So good That's job. That's just how we do things. Yes. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's resources, no One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A-L-E-T-H-E-S. Alethesresources.com. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.